0: ESPN 1000 remembers Jeff Dickerson. Join us all day for a celebration of our beloved teammate. La 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 Keep me in your heart for a while.
1: It is Bleck and Abdallah on ESPN 1000. The ESPN Chicago app, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Thanks for joining us today under these circumstances. um, I, you know, I didn't plan on talking to Chris until the new year. uh, But (laughs) when when something happens to uh, one of our family members, we all uh, come together for that person. And uh, that's something that we've been doing all day today. It started this morning uh early at seven o'clock and we were supposed to be carrying a bunch of bowl games but you know family is more important than um than sports right now than the bears than the bowl games than the bulls than anything like that and that's why chris and i are here tonight to talk about our friend our teammate our family member our brother jeff dickerson chris how you doing
2: i'm all right adam uh good to talk to you too i'm kind of disappointed you didn't expect to talk to me well i mean we need New a year. break
1: from each other you know
2: um yeah i i do want to say up front uh listen i i would absolutely be there in person with you and with sean and eric um producing tonight's show but i'm in covid protocol right now so i'm at home uh but definitely wanted to talk to you tonight and to talk to our fantastic listeners about jeff dickerson and how incredible he was to us over the years, as he was to so many. Um, so, yeah, I'm sorry I can't be there in person. I uh, tested positive for COVID last Friday, so I've been in isolation since Friday. Um, but, yeah, I'm at home, and uh, let's let's talk about someone who is certainly worthy of our, our time, and he was just so incredible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I remember, well, you and I have had a different relationship with jd um from the start you know we both started here uh in 2005 2000 and in, as interns yeah and jd was the was the bears are like i've only known jd as the bears reporter and and host of shows and when i first started producing um you know, JD was one of the first hosts that I started producing for and that you started producing for. And that's always uh, an interesting dynamic because you're young and you don't know what's going on and you don't know what to do and you don't know who to call and you don't have phone numbers and you don't, you, you're coming yeah. in blind. Like you can go to school and get all the training you want. But when you come in, you're essentially walking into a situation and someone is trying to show you what to do on the fly. And there was nobody that was uh, as, as good at that as JD was, you know, telling us, you know, this, how to deal with certain hosts, you know, like I produced for Mac, Yurko and Harry and produced for Carmen and Sylvie and produced for Jonathan Hood and for JD and for, you know, and all, and, and bears pregame shows and everything. And he's the one that sat down and was like, this is how this host is. And this is how the, you know, like if you need anything, text me, call me, tell me anything you need, whatever it is, Feel free to call me. And he was always someone that we relied on. Even in college, he would join our college show uh, a few times to talk bears with us. So J.J. Yeah. was always someone that took us under his wing. And, you know, when you're first starting out, and I know you probably feel the same way that when you're starting out, you, you're you nervous, like you're shaking, like you don't want to mess up the board. You don't want to mess up the phones. <laughs> you don't want to call the wrong person like you don't want to mess up. And that's basically your first couple weeks to a month is just trying not to mess up. And JD just made you feel such at ease. He was like, look, it's you fine like you messed up, whatever. It's fine. Forget about it. It's no don't mm-hmm. it's not a big deal. And if you do, whatever. It's a radio show. We make fun of it. We move on. He was so it was so much more about you as a person and your development as it was, you messed this up and now we
0: sound bad.
2: Yeah, and I, I think that's a great place for you to start because I've been listening all day and I also want to acknowledge the guys and, and what they did last night. I was listening to Waddle and Sylvie uh, before this news broke, so I, I stayed with them the whole night. So Sylvie, Fred Hubner, Waddle called in, Carmen DeFalco, Randy called in, Randy Merkin, um, all the way to this morning with Jesse and Jeff Meller, uh, Jonathan Hood and David Kaplan this afternoon, Fred again, uh, and Danny Zerman putting this all together um, in a, a short period of time. The guys did a great job. and. I think, Adam, where you start things for you and I in our relationship with J.D., I think you're right because our relationship was different because we didn't come in with all these other guys who are all about the same age, Carmen, Sylvie, J.D., Danny. You and I were the young ones, uh, but J.D. always looked out for us, and whether it was uh, producing for his show or trying to build us up to give us confidence to do do our own show. Um, He he really took care of us. And um, certainly I'm thankful for it. And JD always had a plan, you know, like for the show, um, if you were on the road with him, he had a plan for the day, the day off. Like he knew exactly what he wanted to do each and every day. Uh, For dinner, he always had a plan. Uh, whether or not we had a show that night or if it was just a day. You know what I mean? Like, GD always had a plan. And even if he didn't necessarily, you know, have uh, the foresight to say, hey, you guys are going to be doing this in X amount of years or you're going to do this, like, his encouragement was enough to, like, keep us going. And then we wanted to do good work for him. Because he had all of his stuff completely buttoned up. And like, it was just a great example to be around for all the years when you and I, you know, we're talking 14, 15 years ago, we're just getting into this business, just, just starting off at the station. Like you said, when you're first starting, there's a lot of big egos around the station, a lot of big personalities, a lot of people to intimidate you, perhaps. Um, but JD always made us feel like we were a part of what was happening. And that if we messed up, it didn't matter because oh, we're, you know, we're a part of JD's team. And, you know, I, I hope that's something that you and I take and we share um, the farther we go in, in this business. But I feel like what I've seen in the last 24 hours is a lot of people who are in our age range who have come in contact with JD. And we all have the same story. You know, I read in the ESPN.com story last night Courtney Cronin and her experience working with J.D. on ESPN Radio. You know, J.D. took us under his wing and showed us how to do it just like he did for her or, or like many others uh, that you've seen stories. All the stories are true. Um, he, he really looked out for us. I'm really appreciative of it.
1: No, absolutely. And I think that, you know, from when we, we first started – you know, producing Bears games and whether it was getting into the back of the ESPN promotion van and speeding to uh, to the stadium and, like, yeah. hanging on for dear life as we're making U-turns on Lakeshore Drive and stuff to get to get to the south end zone and try to get into the game in time to see that or hanging out in the back in, in Studio D and recording those interviews for what we, we ended up calling the Dickerson Dance Party because <laughs> J.D. just wanted to come in and have fun. Like, that. it was yeah. Friday night's he was like, I get, I get one show a week, it's Friday nights, it's just me, let's record some interviews and just, you know, let's, have, let's just have some fun. And so we called it, it wasn't officially called the Dickerson Dance Party, but, you know, he always wanted to, um, to have fun. And then starting out young, that also comes with being, you know, 22, 23. And I know Adam Johns has a story uh, similar to this. He'll join us uh, at the bottom of the hour. And his story is similar where I, the, some of the most hungover times at this station I've spent with JD. And and that's whether that's from the night before with him or the next day and him being like, When I was your age, I would go when I first started, I would lay my head on that conference room table because it's glass and glass is cold and you'd go and you'd lay on the conference room table and you'd feel better. Or I'd show up to a bar after throwing up twice in a parking lot and JD would look at me and say, you do not look good. Here's a bunch of eggs for you to eat. You need to have that and all the water and orange juice you can have because you're going to the game after this. And like just those, I I know it's, it's small, but like, Stuff like that means a lot when you're first starting out. That someone like cares and isn't just, you know, telling you what to do and who to book and like that kind of stuff. Like it's, he wanted you to be, regardless of the age difference. And he's not like, it's not like he's that much older than us. You know what I mean? Oh. Um, but regardless of the dynamic of producer host, he, he, he was your friend. And he also made you feel like you were a part of every group. I remember going to Bears Camp the first time. And I didn't know anything. I didn't know where I was going. I thought I'd missed the exit. I didn't know where the parking lot was and all this. I didn't have a credential, all this kind of stuff. He helped me out. Go see this person. Come over. Find me. He introduced me to the entire Bears Beat reporting staff. This is Adam Johns. This is everyone. This is, you know, this is Fishbane. This is, you know, from everyone. People that I'd talked to tens of times but had never put the face With the name, you know, because I'm just calling them on the phone and they are just saying to me, hey, uh, yeah, I can come on. And now, you know, introducing me to Dan Weeder for the first time. So to me, it it just meant so much more that he was willing to take the time and put that in and, and make sure that you felt like you were a part. Of the group and a part of the collective family, whether it was here at the station, whether you went out to dinner with him, or whether it's with the the Bears, the other Bears beat reporters.
2: He was always inclusive. And Mm -hmm. I I think that's something that um, really is going to be his lasting legacy is he brought people together. Um, You know, you mentioned Bears training camp. Like, personally, I spent a lot of time with JD, like one on one, just because of different work situations, whether it be uh, working the pregame shows for our Bears pregame when J.D. was hosting with Steve Mongo McMichael. Um, I was always on remote for those broadcasts because then J.D. and I would share the, the van, the promotion van would drive us to the stadium mm-hmm. after the show um, and then go to the game and J.D. would go into the media uh, entrance and then I would go into the normal uh, gate um so i spent a lot of time with him in that setting uh in Bourbonnais. you know being a nighttime guy i i wasn't on an actual show to produce and when our uh traditional shows were going to Bourbonnais to cover bears training camp all the other producers would be there and then they would need someone to work jd's evening show from a different bar and like so multiple times i was sent down to Bourbonnet to stay the night to then work J.D.'s solo show from a bar from training camp. And so, like, what you said about J.D. taking you around, you know, um, I I met so many of these guys who cover the Bears beat because J.D. took me up to them and introduced me, like Jeff Joniak, um, Zach Zaidman, Vaughn McClure. Uh, I remember a night J.D. took me to T.J. Donlins in Bourbonnais. And like we walked in and it was something out of a movie where all of the different bears beat writers were in different locations within TJ Donlins, and JD like took me around the bar, introducing me to different people like a Brad Biggs, a Larry Mayer, uh, and then telling me like what they do like, Oh, Larry plays the bags. Oh, uh, Michael Wright. And I sit over here at the bar. Oh, this person, you know what I'm saying? And like, he introduced me to everyone on the beat, so then they knew who I was. He didn't have to do that, you know. I was just there to work his night show, you know. And at that point, um, and a lot of these stories, I, I think come back to the same place. Is like you and I were nobodies. He didn't need to do that, but yeah. he did that. And you know, th- that's the same thing as like all these different situations. Um, we spent a lot of time with J.D. behind the scenes. Because like when you work night shows and including like for those who've listened to ESPN one thousand for a long time, like the night programming A used to go a lot later into the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to be on the air till eleven o'clock yeah. almost every single night. And also we didn't start the night programming until much later. Like what? The the show the, the game night show was named The Show and it didn't start till what, seven thirty?
1: Yeah, because eight um... o'clock we had on, uh, we had on the like the best, not us, the best of ESPN 1000, but basically the post game show, and yeah. then we would run PTI tapes. Right,
2: right. So, so the show that JD and Jonathan and Carmen and David Haw and um Jared Payton and Mongo at times, uh, the show that would run at night wouldn't start until 7:30, mm-hmm. and then we would do the show until about what? Nine. And then from nine until 11 o'clock at night, we had a show called Chicago's Baseball Tonight. And so that's a lot of time to be with people behind the scenes, like waiting around. And and I think you you put it best is like J.D. just wanted to hang out. Yeah. Like he he had a plan for the show and the show was going to take care of itself. But like he just wanted to hang out with us. And like that was always awesome.
1: As much as this night is about uh, J.D. and this day and the next few days, most likely, uh, it's also about his son, Parker, who not only has lost his father, but two years ago lost his mother as well. And you can donate to the GoFundMe page. Uh, it's on my Twitter account, Adam A. Abdallah. It's on Chris's uh, Twitter account, at Chris Bleck. Uh, it is called Parker's Fund. If $5, $10, whatever you can. um it's it's. It just hit over five hundred thousand dollars, and that is because I. I'll, I wish I could highlight everybody, Chris, but yeah. Jim Ursay, the owner of the Colts, just donated twenty five thousand dollars. Holy crap! I don't know if I honestly I don't know if Jim Ursay has ever met JD, but all of the the stories that you see online, all the stories that you see on Twitter, all this the the people that you hear call in that have talked about how much. Uh, he means to them and his bear's hit have meant to them. This shows, like, if you doubted humanity at all, like, last night I looked when this came out and I was like, oh, $100,000 is a lot of money and they're at like yeah. $17,000 and then to now be at over $500,000 to me is, restores, in all the crap that's gone on the last two years, The this restores my faith that there are still a ton of good people, at least 8,400 good people out there that have donated to this. And also, uh, Obvious Shirts, Joe from Obvious Shirts put together a run of shirts and sweatshirts. Uh, that the proceeds will go directly to the GoFundMe and will go directly to Parker. So if you if you want something also to uh, express your uh, love for JD and his family, you can get a shirt, sweatshirt. They've got women's shirts, men's shirts. They just added 4x and 5x for the big dudes out there. So don't worry about it if you want. If you if you worried about that, I saw some people that were complaining about that. Now they got you because I know there's some beefy Bears fans out there. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being a beefy Bears fan. It's cold out here in the streets. So. It, it, that's for you guys. Um, and we're, we'll continue to take all your calls. We've got a bunch of people on the line right now. 312-332-3776. We're here from Adam Johns, one of uh, JD's friends and colleagues and uh, fellow Bears beat reporter at the bottom of the hour. But more from you uh, next right here on ESPN 1000.
3: As we look back on and celebrate the life of Jeff Dickerson today on ESPN 1000, please consider making a donation at the GoFundMe page for Parker's Fund.
1: sharing stories here on ESPN 1000, ESPN Chicago app, ESPN Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago about our friend Jeff Dickerson who passed away yesterday. Along with Chris Bleck, I'm Adam Abdallah. Uh, You you, you mentioned uh, the food and, you know, wanted to just hang out and go and eat. I I, I remember I was working a remote uh from i forget what oh yeah we were at duh, we were at sluggers i tweeted this last night we were at sluggers and it, like he used to live in that neighborhood jd when he was in college or right after college lived down the street from me and not we didn't live there at the same time but he lived down the street from me on roscoe and so there's a a, a Thai place called pennies down the street there and i was like hey you know, all right, I'll see you guys at the bar. It was him and Waddle. I was like, all right, I'll see you guys at the bar. You know, we can get there like an hour before and uh, talk about the show and then do the show. And then he knew that, you know, like Waddle Waddle always wants to hang out, but Waddle's not coming down early for Thai food. You know what I mean? So he texted me and was like, hey, the show starts at 2. I'm going to get there at noon. What time does Penny's open? Is it still there? And I was like, yeah, I I mean, I think they, I know it's still there. Let me look. And I'm like, yeah, they open at noon. He's like, all right, let's go. And I'm like, you want to get Thai food? He's like, yeah, I haven't been there since I moved. (laughs) <laughs> and we went and got, and he I was just like, sure, pick me up. And so he picked me up, and we, we, he was like, pointing, he's like, that used to be my old apartment. I'm like, that's kind of a crappy apartment. he's like, yeah, dude, we were out of college. What do you expect? And he's like, I'm surprised it's still standing. And uh, we went to Penny's for uh, Thai food, and he ordered almost not one of everything, but the dude got pot stickers, He got spring rolls. He got, he got some pad Thai. He got, he got everything. And then we went to Sluggers, and he's like, "Let's go take some hacks." And I was like, "What do we just? Ate, I just ate. A, I got a whole thing of bad time in my stomach." He's like, "I don't care, man. I haven't hit. I haven't hit uh, balls at Sluggers in forever." And I was like, "All right, let's go upstairs. I mean, I'm sure they're on." And he bought a bunch of tokens, and Waddle's like, "Where are you guys? Like, we're hitting dingers upstairs at Sluggers." We're taking
2: swings, man. Yeah, we're taking and, hacks. He just,
1: and we must have. We I think we were up there until like 1:50, right That's before awesome. like we had to come on the air. And like he, that's all. He's like, ah, eh, whatever. Four hours. We'll talk yeah. about. It. We'll talk sports. Yeah. What are we yeah. gonna talk about? We'll talk sports. Who cares? Whatever. He wanted to talk to you about. He's like, so what's new in the neighborhood? How's this? Uh, yeah. What's how's this place changed? You guys like living here? Like, cause he knew you and I lived together up there. But now that you know, I live there with my wife. And he was like, how do you guys like it? How's everything? You know, this is so different. We were walking around Wrigleyville and how much it had changed, and Southport and how much that had changed, and everything. And and he was just wanted to know everything about. That was going on. It just didn't it the, the, the show like the sports stuff was like trivial. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he cared about how we were doing and us living there and us, you know, building a family there and and him building a family. So we talked about, you know, I always called him Primetime because I i was like, that kid, Primetime Dickerson always stuck to me because I always thought that nickname yeah. was gonna be cool. I'm like, that kid needs to be called Primetime because he's <laughs> gonna be good. And so whenever I talked to him <laughs> about Parker, it was always how's <laughs> Primetime doing? He's like, he's great. Hitting, yeah. ding- hitting dingers, and yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, because that's all you want to do is hit dingers. Like that's all. Like he like Parker is just a smaller version of JD. Yeah. Like always wanting to just play and and have fun and and that there's no question why he's good as good at baseball as he is because he's just a, a smaller version of his dad. Like all he want to do wants to do is have fun and and play sports and and not be bothered with the trivial stuff. Like I yeah, will figure it out. Don't worry about it.
2: It's so funny that you bring up this story because JD loved that we lived in his old neighborhood. Yeah. Like, he when we first started working at the station, he loved the idea that you and I lived at school in Southport and that we had a crappy apartment just like... Because do you remember, you just told a story that he showed you where he used to live. Mm -hmm. Do you remember the first time he showed us where he used to live? Yeah. It it was at his bachelor party. Mm -hmm. When he invited us to his bachelor party... Mm -hmm. And you and I, what, we we probably worked at the station for maybe a year at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, And and he made sure we were invited and that we came to the party. And then, you know, during the events of the party, uh, at one point, they took him by his old apartment. Mm -hmm. And they were playing bags or whatnot. But, like, he wanted to make sure we knew he used to live in the neighborhood too. Guys, he loved the neighborhood. Like guys, it was this just, is where I live, and now yeah, you like, live. You live right around the corner. You guys are right down there. Like, uh, one of the it.
1: one of the many times that I was hungover with or because of JD. Yes. That yes. one was a because. Yes. Oh, I I threw up all 100%. over our floor. All over our floor. <laughs> because of him. All over our floor. Let's go out to Steve. People want to share their stories, their memories of JD, their love for him, along with us. 312-332-3776. Steve is in Roselle. What's up, Steve?
0: What's going on, guys? I'm a little under the weather, but it's Steve's stuff. Uh, it's good to hear oh, you guys. What's up, Steve? Super proud of you guys. Um, everything's good, man. Um, what a tough day. Um, J.D. was one of a kind. And there's nothing more that anybody can really say other than he was him. J.D. was the dude that everybody's talking about. He was one of a kind. There will never be another one like him. Really quick, an interesting perspective on Parker, his COVID and pandemic um, experience has been unlike anything any of us could even imagine. Mm -hmm. So just think about that for a second. And um, a really quick antidote, and then I got a question. Um, When I was having the privilege of working for Bristol out of the press box at Soldier Field a couple times, I would walk in, we locked eyes, and he walked up to me, and both times said, "Steve, it's good to see you here." Like that was that was JD.
4: Yeah,
0: I hadn't seen him in years, but he goes, "Steve, it's good to see you." So then, the question that I have is, with the passing of JD, and also the passing of Ma- uh, John Madden, what is the question that? JD asked John Madden when he got to the gates. Because you know, you know, JD had a question or two or 15 for John Madden. And they're having a hell of a football conversation right now.
1: Yeah. That's a good question, Steve. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Love you
0: guys, and uh, we'll talk soon, all right?
1: Thanks, Steve. Have a good
0: night. Yeah. I mean, Adam, you know,
2: like the last 24 hours, obviously, uh, personally, for everyone at the station um, and anyone who knows Jeff Dickerson, It's been terrible. I mean, also for football fans, you know, we're millennials who learned the game of football from John Madden. Mm -hmm. And he passed away last night or yesterday. And it's just um, sad to think about. Um, Two football icons in this city um, gone.
1: No, you're, you're right. And I can't think of two guys that love their job. More like Madden loved football. JD loved football. The Bears, he loved working here. He loved working with his friends every day. Like that. that's the biggest thing is that we, I heard a caller call in today when I was on my way in and he was talking to Fred about how he didn't know JD, but he knew JD. Mm-hmm. Like we don't know a lot of people, but a lot of people get a glimpse into our lives every single day and people spend a lot of time with us, even though they're not actually spending time with us. Like sure. if you listen to the stays, like we talk about the long streamers every day, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago, like they're in there for 12 hours, 13 hours a day. That's 13 hours of hanging out with us every single day. You know, that's that's four hours of listening. If you're listening to Waddle and Sylvie for the whole show or two hours of us, however many nights a week or whatever it is like we we hang out with a lot of people that we never actually get to meet. And and so when you lose someone like that, you lose a part of yourself. And I feel like that, you know, people lost a part of their Bears fandom yesterday or if they found out today than today, because J.D. was such a, a huge voice for the Bears in Chicago and especially on this station and on ESPN on the, on the, on a national scale and and people that listened around the country, you know, with, with Dickerson and Hood and whenever he would fill in on the weekends or on, on ESPN National. Um, so I it, it's, it's important to put into perspective, I think, that, like, we hang out with a lot of people every single day without, like, actually knowing it. And it's it, the amount of output and support. I know Parker's going through a lot. Right now in the last couple of years, but this is stuff like this is hopefully going to be conveyed to him about how much people cared about his dad and how much people care about him as a result of his dad and who his dad was and how much of an impact his dad had on the people close to him, but also people that never met him.
2: Yeah, you know, and in, in, you said it well. The, the spoken word doesn't go out of style. And so even if we're in an era where people podcast or they stream, um, radio still is relevant. And that's where people get to know you. And they, you know, think about all the different times you've been somewhere and you've heard someone tell you something um, that they heard on a radio show, a talk radio show. You know, they, they people feel like they're a part of it. Um, because you and I are listeners too, you know, I spent all day and all that last night listening all day today, listening. So I was a long streamer today. I wasn't a radio show host earlier today. I was, I was one of the long streamers. I, I was watching all the shows and seeing all the comments and, uh, hanging out with everyone else thinking about JD. And that's why, you know, he meant so much to so many people who never even met him because, you know, you can hear his attitude through the phone. He was always happy. And, you know, Michael C. Wright said it earlier today, and it's so completely true. He really is like Ted Lasso. Yeah. You know, because J.D., and and from some of the stories that we've told already to this point, he'd be like, ah, all right, okay. Ah, what are we going to do? All right, let's just go do a show. And it was like, oh, yeah, okay. I guess it doesn't matter. Nothing really matters. Let's just go do a show. Let's Mm -hmm. go have fun.
1: But also, too, I can't think of a more professional person in this business also. Because think about on the flip side of that, Chris, how many shows we did and that you produced with JD and Hood about real-life stuff that also affected sports. You know, the Joe Paterno oh, yeah. stuff at, yeah. at Penn State. They were on the air for when Kobe Bryant passed away. I mean, just all of this, this stuff that comes along with sports that you know that we had to talk about i mean how many days of coverage of penn state did we do at night where we were just talking about it and taking phone calls from dude, people dude it was like
2: two straight weeks
1: and so it, that's all we did he when he needed to be professional and and serious and like cuz he obviously took his job extremely seriously and very professionally that he could be like it was it was it was a non-issue it was a okay now we this is what we have to talk about this is what we have to do this is how we do it and we do it professionally and we do it uh to the best of our abilities and and we we have to keep people informed and that's what that's what he did yeah and so when we come back we'll talk to one of his colleagues one of his friends Adam Johns will be right back here. We'll continue to take all of your phone calls. I still see you all on the line. Please hold. We will get your story in, I promise you. We're here till 8 o'clock right here on ESPN 1000. As we look back
3: on and celebrate the life of Jeff Dickerson today on ESPN 1000, please consider making a donation at the GoFundMe page for Parker's Fund.
1: Adam Abdallah here on ESPN 1000 celebrating the life of Jeff Dickerson as he passed away yesterday. Adam Johns writes for The Athletic, one of JD's colleagues covering the Bears. And last night, Adam, when you tweeted out the story, I don't think I I needed a laugh so bad last night. And I couldn't identify more with a line the worst hangover I've ever had covering a Bears game came in October 2017 because Chris and I were talking about how when we first started, J.D. was like, if you can't produce hungover, you can't produce. Like, you, you need to be able to do this job because you're on the road and you need to be able to hang. And if you can't hang, then that's yeah. one of the most important things. And so that story yesterday about you guys in New Orleans, thank you for that and thank you for everything else you've shared today.
4: That was such a fun fun night, and uh, I was texting with J.J. um formerly of NBC Sports, and yeah. he works for the Colts now. We are we talking about that, that memory, and he's like, you know, what I remember, too, is that smile from J.D. in the press box the next morning, and we both remember thinking, like, how the heck is this guy? Like, he looks like he's got 10 hours of sleep, you know? <laughs> the, the hair looks good. The suit looks good. He's, he's in great shape. He's smiling. He's having breakfast. Um, you always remember that smile coming in the press box, and then there's the rest of us. You know, like we've been dragged through the mud all night, and we're just trying to stay awake.
2: Yeah, Adam, I, I remember uh, being on a couple of trips with JD, and he probably even got a run in in the morning too before he met you for breakfast <laughs> or coffee. And I'm I'm just trying to like get myself together. But he was chipper. He was ready to go. He was enjoying each and every day. And I think that's such a positive lesson for all of us to kind of live our lives by.
4: The, the smile that he had, like, every single day walking into that media room at Hal. So I, I wish everybody could see it. You know, that could be a very sour, bitter place, that Hal's yeah. called media room, guys. And, and, you know, J.D. would walk in, you know, more often than not, he'd be carrying, like, Chick-fil-A, Panera, or this, or this giant coffin from Starbucks. He always had food. He always had a bunch of stuff in his hands. You know, he'd walk by my cubicle, which was only two two away from his, and he, he would have all this stuff. He would take over two cubicles. But it was always, what's up, guys? You know, with with a huge smile, he would stop and talk to you, fist bumps, pat you on the back, and, and just that, that, that smile. It, it was there in the press box. I'm not going to miss it this Sunday tell you that but uh you know it was just there and it just it sticks with you. That, that was jd though just just positive genuine that was him
1: one thing we've heard as a common thread and i'm sure you'll echo it if whether it's from michael c Wright, who was covering the beat for a while or, or a while ago or kevin fishbane who came on earlier and was talking about it as well is that the glue guy was jd when you yeah. guys were on the road together, it didn't matter if you guys worked for competing websites or competing radio stations. It didn't matter. Everybody got together because you guys were doing the same thing, regardless of who you were doing it for. And that kind of formed a camaraderie, a brotherhood between everybody covering the beat. and a, a, a formed a small family between you guys. And he was always the one that was the glue for everybody.
4: Fellas, so this guy... Brought the Chicago Sun Times and the Chicago Tribune together. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm not kidding. Like I've been doing this for God, 10, 11 years now. When I when I first walked into that media room, minute, it was contentious. It, it, it was, but JD was still JD. You know, uh, it, it started with you know dinners in Indianapolis for the combine. You know, um, him and Zach Zabeman would invite the trip guys, and they'd invite the Sun Times guys. And, and I'm telling you, before you knew it, everybody was together. Everybody was together. Like, flash forward a couple years after that, we're down in Burbank together at the Hibachi Grill in Kentucky at the mall. And it's the Sun Times, the Tribune, and it's the Athletic. It's ESPN. It's 670 to score. And there we are around the Hibachi Grill, you know, getting sake shots from from the chef. But that was Jeff. He did. Like, like just give everybody a peek behind the curtain. It, it was a contentious place. But over the years, like, just Jeff being Jeff, there we are together at a Hibachi Grill, doing sake shots together, trying to enjoy what is a wonderful Jeff.
2: Adam, share the story with our listeners about a baseball bat that J.D. gave yeah. to your son.
4: Yeah, I am uh, never going to forget this because it's, it's, not, it's not done. Hit the story here is not done. So we have sons the is similar age. Um, his son's 11, my son is 10, and we, we talk about baseball. All the time, we, we we did. That was, you know, it's our, our kids play sports. Our kids play football. And they're close in age, she has similar stories. But, you know, Parker, like I, I think it's been shared on your your airwaves all day, is an outstanding athlete, like a special yeah. athlete. And we're, we're not overselling this by by any means. The kids got immense talent, and, and JD was just so proud. And, you know, there there I am in the the. Let's go back. to right, are Adam Hogs and. and we're there for a barbecue, and there's Parker and JD. They take my son, my oldest, Colin, out to the park right behind Hoax House, and they're they're playing baseball together. Um, I stay with my family. I got two other sons. We stay back at the house. And I know my son comes back with the, with a big smile on his face. You know, having played baseball with JD and his son. You know, then another year goes by. He asks me what I'm doing for baseball. I'm like, oh, I don't know. You know, I'm just trying to figure out what's the next step for him. You know, I don't know how much baseball he's ready for. And he was like, he was like so mad at me. You know, he was just like, you know, your son's ready. I'm like, I don't know, J.D., you know, your son's ready. I'm like, how do you know? He's like, here I can tell just from that one day, you know, playing baseball with him at at Hoax and, you know, so flash forward again, you know, I'm trying to make this quick for you guys and and then he... Oh, take your time. So my, my son's now on a travel team here in Chicago, a new one, and... It was during training camp, just this past summer, and you know I'm literally looking up prices for new baseball bats, um, like, at the Alice hall media room before we go out to practice. I'm like, oh my gosh, these, you know, these are nice bats, they're, like, ridiculously priced. I got to buy a and I got two son's playing baseball, I'm like, oh my god. You know, and if there's any baseball dads out there, you know, I mean, somebody that can, can run some money, and, you know, eventually, you know, you get them for the kids and stuff like that, but... Before you even get a chance, like I, get, I get a text from J.D. like two days after that, you know, as, as we talk it through. And he goes, this is for Colin and his brother. And it's a picture of just two bats, these two baseball bats. And I'm like, dude, thank you. Um, I, I, you don't have to do this. You know, those are great bats. He goes, um, you know, it's our pleasure. He gives me those bats at, at House Hall. We, we, he, I mean, we call out to his car. He gives them to me in the House Hall parking lot. And... I kid you not, in in um, this fall, like a couple months ago, we are having some fall ball games. Uh, my oldest has that bat out there, and we're at Savona Park in Chicago. Line drive, you know, right out to the left center. He's a lefty, so, you know, he gets a, a good pull on it. And, um, you know, he's smiling, and all the kids see the bat. They start sharing the bat, you know. And I remember J.D. telling me, you know, I think this bat still has some pop in it, you know. <laughs> let, let, let me know how, how, how Colin likes it, and then the kids are sharing the bat and, you know, the, the manager of, you know, the, the baseball club that West, like, this is going to be like the most popular bat, you know, like the, the kids love it. And now they're all hitting and it. Just, it's just the smiles and stuff like that, you know, and we're going to use it this summer. And every time he's going to walk up the bat, there's going to be, you know, my son, holding Parker's bat. And, you know, and then my other son, Holden Parker's bat. And I'm just thinking about that this morning as I'm looking at my son, like, JD didn't have to do that. He didn't have to go digging through his garage, but that's just how JD is. He just—he was so thoughtful and caring. Like he would ask me how they liked the bats, you know, Uh, have they been swinging with them and stuff like that. And I just—he just had this. I put this on Twitter. JD just had this gift of spreading joy. It was just all those dinners we went with. It's everything I said about the Sun Times and the Tribune, and it's—you know. Running up big bills in New York City, having steak and wine. You know, JD just was like this—this this energy, this this joy, and he just spread it naturally. I'm thinking about that today. Like, that's going to continue. Like, my sons are going to be playing baseball with Parker's bats, getting hits and, and sharing that bat. And kids are going to be smiling, boys are going to be having fun, and you know, I got JD to thank for that. You know, just it's yeah. Things stick with you like that. Yeah, that's a long-winded story. I'm sorry if I, I, I dragged it out, but, you know, JD was so extremely thoughtful, you know, with, with all of us. Such a good friend to all of us. It didn't have to be, but that's just who he was.
1: No, absolutely. With everything he was going through himself and that Parker was going through himself yeah. as well, they were just so, you know, he's so generous with his time and with his, with his friendship to others and to other kids. And, you know, you're right. He took the time and he didn't, he didn't have to. He's going through all of his own stuff, but he made sure he did to have an impact on people because he knew that you, you know, you have to make an impact on people. You have to maintain friendships and it's, and friendships are important and, and people are important. And, you know, you see that from the amount of people um, that have been donating to the, uh, the to Parker's Fund on, on the GoFundMe. It's up to $550,000 right now um because so many people they
4: just donated twenty five thousand dollars it blows your mind
1: the snyders just matched it as well so that's i mean in the last 20 minutes it's fifty thousand dollars um you know and and it just shows that the and with the obvious shirts from joe out there and it just shows how much people love jd love his family and the generosity, especially this time of year when you know people are going through their own stuff, people are cash-strapped. Like any any amount helps. That's Parker's Fund on um, GoFundMe. It's on all of our Twitter accounts. It's on it's on ev- everywhere. You can't miss it. If you can, awesome. If you can't, just keep him and his family in your prayers.
4: He was such a good friend. And if there's anything like that that sticks with me, is you know I gotta try to be a better friend. You know you, you tell yourself that, but like. Jeff lived it. Like he maintained those relationships. Like he remembered names, He remembered stories. He remembered what your kids were doing. That was JD. Um, There aren't a lot of people like that. Mm -hmm. And you want to try to be like that, you know, be a better friend. I think that's, you know, what I'm going to try to do after he was such a good friend to me and I'm not even the closest to him. There's just so many people that he touched with his kindness, his friendship, his generosity, Those bottles of wine, he wouldn't let anyone else buy at dinner. Like, that was just J.D. You know, hurricanes in New Orleans and anger and
2: whatnot. (laughs) I mean, that that was J.D. Adam, you know, uh, one of the things that we were talking about uh, about 40 minutes ago when we started was that, uh, to me, J.D. was always inclusive. Um, As a nobody producer getting into the business, J.D. made sure... He introduced me to everyone so then they knew who I was. And you were one of those people that on a hot Mm Bourbonnais morning at training camp, JD walked me up to you and said, Adam Johns, this is Chris Black. And that's when we first met because of JD. And he took me around Bourbonnais just making sure that others knew who I was I'm forever grateful, and and that's how we met was because of JD.
4: He made connections, and and just treated everybody right. I, I he would always bust my chops. Like here, here I am in Indianapolis as this like young reporter. I'm like fresh off the Blackhawks beat. You know, like moving up the ranks here. I got the Bears. You know, I, here I got to make headway, right? You know, like yeah. I was like 27 years old, right? And you're out to dinner. Judy and some of the guys in indianapolis because they're there for a week and, you know there's different cliques and groups you hang out with every single day and like for one or two years you always bust my chops about hey you're leaving already where are you going we just ordered another round <laughs> i'm like ah uh, you know i gotta work the circuit you know i gotta make connections uh, i'm a young guy you know he's like you'll be back here you know you'll be <laughs> back with us and like i, I thought about that like over the years, you know, you make your connections, you make your rounds, you try to introduce yourself to agents and executives, scouts and all that stuff. But you know what? By the end of it, the last few years down there, you know, that two-hour dinner turned into a five-hour dinner with the guys, with J.D., you know? Whether it was Prime 47 or, or St. Elmo is just the, I got it. You know, it's, it's friendships. It's the people that matter. And, you know, work matters. I get all that, but it's the I always thought the message there was that that balance, right, between work and life and what's really important and who you're with and who you're spending your time with when, when you know, like no one ever says you know, they wish they worked more, you know? No one ever said yeah. that. And right. That that always stuck with me is you know, when we were back back in Indianapolis when I was a young guy in the beat and you know he was taking me around, you know we were going to dinners and stuff like that. then I would go do my own thing. but he was right, you know, a couple of years I was back and shorter dinners turned into longer ones, you know one bottle of wine turned into three and <laughs> like those are like that's it, you know that's that that's what that's what jD was about and you know like it he changes you he, he did it, like for, for the yeah. better in, in so many ways.
1: Absolutely, Adam. We appreciate your time. Thank you for the stories. Really appreciate everything you shared with us, and, and thanks for just being one of JD's brothers and, and, and coming on with us and sharing some of those stories.
4: Thanks, thanks Adam. Guys. It, it was my pleasure, and you guys are whole ESPN 1000 crew today. Just, you know, God bless, and, you know, thank you for today. Thanks, Thanks, man. Adam.
1: Adam Johns of The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at Adam Johns. Read his stuff on The Athletic. The story that they put out is uh, there's no paywall for it, so you can just read it. So All the stories from the other Bears uh, reporters and some of the other uh, people in Chicago media is on The Athletic right now. We will take more of your calls at 312-332-3776. Celebrating the life of Jeff Dickerson here on ESPN 1000.
0: ESPN 1000 remembers Jeff Dickerson. Join us all day for a celebration of our beloved teammate.
1: Chris, I think you mentioned it, or Adam mentioned it, something about JD's shirts and his suits. And how... Chris, 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 Chris when you... When you went on the road with J.D., two things were true. Three things were true. You Uh had a dinner reservation. That was set. For sure. You are going to drink a lot. Uh And the ironing board was the first thing out of the
2: hotel room. (laughs) Like the dude was going to be fresh. He showed me uh, when I was at the Final Four with him. uh, I went to two Final Fours with J.D. One, uh, Jonathan Hood was there as well. And then one uh, alone. And uh, that was in Houston in 2016 um you're right the ironing board was out and he was ironing everything getting it fresh ready to go for the night and if
1: it became such like a running (laughs) joke that we made it part of his open that you may recognize the voice on this
0: let us get back to a certain team from a certain midwestern town that starts with a c ends with an o And in the middle is Hikag.
3: The hottest Bears update in the game.
0: I'm ESPN
2: Chicago Bears reporter Jeff Dickerson, and here is the latest from around Chicago.
3: The man only spits hot fire. Because I spit hot fire. Suits so crisp, he irons them twice. He's Jeff Dickerson!
1: Go Bears! And if you don't know who that is, that is Ray Flores. He uh, is... a. Very accomplished announcer right now in the world of UFC and boxing and MMA. But he did updates here at night with us, with JD, for a long time. And JD taught him a lot of things. And right now, Ray joins us from wherever he is. I have no idea where Ray. Ray could be here in Chicago, for all I know. Ray, where are you right now? How's it going, hey guys? I am literally pulling up to O'Hare as we speak, <laughs> okay, of uh, heading down to South
3: Florida for a pay per view this weekend and stuff. So, way I go on the road, and uh, I will make sure to bring out the ironing board uh, as the first thing as I do in my hotel room as a uh, tribute to our great friend JD.
2: Uh, Ray, from all the years of uh, being an update anchor at ESPN 1000, while Jeff Dickerson and Jonathan Hood were hosting at night. Um, the various different programs we used to call, the night shows, game night, the show, Chicago's baseball tonight. Um, thinking back on those times, Ray, what, what's something that stands out to you from being around J.D. for so long, all those years? He treated everybody the same. He,
3: like, I mean, I I went in on day one, and him, like, the rest, I mean, he just treated me like I was a part of the team. And I was just, uh, you know, the the fourth or fifth update guy. I mean, I wasn't you know, as accomplished as a Dave Jude or, you know, these other guys that were before me. And he treated me equal. He made me feel like I was contributing. And the one thing about JD is that he made you feel better about yourself. And that's the biggest thing more than anything is that I walked away from every conversation with JD saying, man, I feel better about who I am. And you know what? Not many people are like that in this world. We need more JDs in this world, guys.
1: He just made you feel like you were part of the group even when you first started because you are just like us, Ray. We're an intern at first, and then we're hired on to do updates, and he just made you felt like you belong from day one, whether you were an intern or you were a producer or you were someone he'd been working with for 10 years. He made everybody feel like they belonged, like they were well-respected, and like they deserved to be there.
3: Guys, one thing about J.D. and Chris Black, you use this term a lot since we uh, lived together back in the day, but J.D. was a big deal. And he never acted that way. And he was just so humble and willing to give back to the business. I mean, he gave me so many, you know, lessons. One of the things that he taught me was, he goes, listen, he goes, you know, I know you love this place. He goes, but do not give up on, on boxing and being a fight announcer. He goes, you're really good at that. And this is when I was doing fights in like, no offense to Crystal Lake, but Crystal Lake, like small local shows, man. I mean, I was doing fights. And, you know, the Horseshoe Casino, and, and those are club shows, and barely getting my start on doing, you know, fights on TV. And he was so happy for me. And like, I'm like, why are you talking? Why do you want to know about my life? Like, you're the one who's on ABC, on ESPN Radio with Hoodie, you know, ESPN.com, on SportsCenter, and he wanted to know about you. That's what I took away from my time with J.D.
1: He also, I remember that, uh, I remember one time you were like, guys, I'm going out to Miami for a fight. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. They're like, "Oh man, South Beach. That's going to be great." And you're like, "No, Miami, Oklahoma." Miami, and, Oklahoma. He and fell out, <laughs> fell out of his chair laughing, <laughs> but still happy because you're like, "That's awesome. Go get your money. That's great." Do you guys remember that him and, and Hoodie made up you know the
3: line? It was like, "All right, what random town am I going to be in? You know yeah. this weekend. You know I'd be yeah, in Ray's South Dakota be in one Paris, weekend,
2: Missouri." Yeah,
3: exactly. Paris, Missouri. Coming to you oh. live from Paris, Missouri. Or, 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 or nice, <laughs> nice, California, which I didn't even know what Nice, California was. Not Nice, right? They're so like, oh, you're going to Nice? That's awesome, friend. No, no, no. Nice, California. Two and a half hours away from Sacramento.
1: Oh, man, that's great. But then also, like, he... He also, you know, he, we were young, too. He would help us out with stuff. We would talk about, like, relationships and going out and, like, that kind of stuff. And he was always there to be like, nah, you got to get out of that. Like, that's, yeah. you know, like, yeah. you got to yeah. let go of that. <laughs> like, that's good. He also, he always had time to be like, let me take you under my All wing, young You know, one
3: of the best lines that J.D. <laughs> would tell you when he was giving you guidance is, you know what, Ray, let me tell you something. <laughs> and when he said that, you knew that he was going to give
2: you some knowledge and guidance that you were going to be able to take with you the rest of your life. Yeah, right. And and, uh, let's be honest, the three of us needed a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, Uh, I definitely did. And you know what,
3: guys? As, As wild and as much fun as we had, he never looked down on us. He was like, you know what, you guys are young. Go out, have fun, live your life. Because I did it, and I continue to do it. And I'm proud of you guys for what you did. But you know what? He also taught us how to be a professional while, you know, having fun at the same time. It's like work hard, play hard. And that's what J.D. was, you know, he, he really was like an advocate of that, especially in our younger days.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Ray, thank you uh, yeah. thank you for reaching out into calling tonight. We appreciate yeah. you. When you get to hey, your guys. hotel
1: room, pull the ironing board out and make sure you have some bed wine tonight.
2: I've been listening all day, guys, and
3: you guys are doing unbelievable. I mean, I cannot thank you enough for what you guys have done all day long. So, thank you, and rest in peace to our great friend.
2: Thanks, Ray. Said, appreciate
1: Ray. it. Have a good, have a safe flight. That's Ray Flores. You can catch him wherever he's going to be, man. Dude,
2: he's, he's Mister Worldwide. He,
1: he's literally Mister Worldwide.
2: Uh, Matt, Nagy. Can, I, can I before yeah, you go, go to break? Yeah, go ahead, real Yeah, quick, yeah, yeah. Uh, I do want to say. Um, Nick Ferdell right now is on a flight from San Francisco to New York. Mm -hmm. We reached out to Nick earlier in the day uh, because he wants to talk about J.D., but currently he's in the air, so he's going to miss our entire show tonight. He's going to join Meller and I tomorrow morning. All right, good. I just want to make sure people are, because there's a lot of voices you've heard on the station today from uh, the past and the present from ESPN 1000 and nick absolutely is um crushed like the rest of us Mm -hmm. and i know he wants to say some things um but he's currently on a flight across the country so
1: i don't know what time tomorrow but uh, meller and i will be in from nine to noon jeff meller and i will be here uh from nine to noon uh sharing more stories and talking to more people and nick friedel is whenever he is free doing whatever he's like he's like ray he's everywhere Wherever yep. he's free from practice or wherever he wakes up from his last burger, he will call us and definitely give his thoughts on Jeff Dickerson. When we come back, Matt Nagy, not, we're not talking Bears, but he did give a very heartfelt message to Jeff Dickerson and his family. We'll share that with you and take more of your calls at 312-332-3776. That's coming up next.